Hello and welcome to the Bikes for Death podcast. My name is Patrick and I'm your host. This is a show that talks about bikepacking, adventuring, and all the cool people who participate. On this episode, I sat down with Becky Irvin and Anna Claire Beasley, who I like to refer to as the Girls of Grit. Um, they are putting on a women's mountain bike festival this fall in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And I'm excited to announce that uh, Bikes for Death is going to be a sponsor of that event. Um, I'm a big believer in what these girls are doing and the girls themselves. They're both uh, well-informed, intelligent ladies uh, who have some really great real-world experience. And they are you know, genuinely passionate about uh, making the sport more inclusive and breaking down the barriers to entry for women specifically. And uh, they, anyway, I mean, they have a really good grasp on some of those issues and uh, ideas on ways to improve them. Um, so, a lot of this episode, we're going to be talking about the festival, but um, if even if you're a guy, um, I still think that you could get a lot of value out of this. There's a lot of, we're, we're going to talk about other stuff other than just the festival. Um, so there's a lot of great information there. We're going to get to know the girls of grit a little bit better. So yeah, maybe, uh, don't, don't skip over this one just yet. Uh, even if you can't go to the festival or if you're, uh, you're not a woman, uh, you know, Give, give it a listen. Give it a, give it a try. These these uh, girls definitely deserve your support, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Like I said, they have great perspectives, interesting stories, and they're doing some really neat and exciting things for the mountain bike industry and uh, and bikepacking. Um, it is a mountain bike specific kind of festival, but uh, they are gonna have uh, some focus towards bikepacking. Oh. And also, I should announce that my wife is going to be attending the event, and I think she's going to try to coordinate a, a group ride. Um, we haven't banged out the details yet, but we will as we get closer. But she is going to probably start somewhere on the Arkansas High Country route and uh, like somewhere south of Fayetteville and then ride up. To Fayetteville, hang out at the festival for the few days, and then ride back. And then she'll drive home because we're we're in Texas, so it's a little far for her to ride. Um, so that that's really exciting. Um, we're going to be kind of announcing more details about that. So if there's any uh, women out there who are interested in maybe meeting up with her, you can go ahead and shoot me an email at bikes at bikesordeath.com, and I will get y'all in touch, and we can you know, start trying to throw some mud on the wall and see what sticks uh, in that regard. If you're interested in going to the festival, I mean, first, you probably want to listen to the episode and see how awesome it's going to be. But if it sounds like something you might be into, uh, here are the details. It's going to be November 15th through the 17th in Fayetteville, uh, Arkansas. And I highly recommend that you go to their website because it is fantastic it's informative it's they've done a really good job um, so their website is gritfestival.com and really that's probably the best place to go for all of your information uh, for the event uh, tickets 
go on sale August 19th at 9 a.m. Central Time. So that is this coming Monday. Uh, tickets are going to go on sale. They're $125 each. And for $25, you can add on a beginner or uh, intermediate, intermediate skills clinic. So I hope you guys will check out their website, look into it a little bit more, and I hope you participate. I hope that this is this event is uh, well received. I hope there is a amazing turnout and it's a huge success. I believe, like I said, I believe in what these girls are doing. Um, I think they're some of the right people to be to be doing this, and uh, I'm so happy to be supporting them. Um, it's, it's great. I mean, their, their values and what they're looking to accomplish are right in line with a lot of the things that are important to me. Um, so I'm happy to be supporting them. All right. Well, before we get to the show, um, if you are interested in supporting this show, your support is greatly appreciated. This show is a hundred percent supported by the listeners and this, uh, awesome community that we're a part of. Um, and I, I couldn't do it without you, not to the extent that I am. Um, so if you're interested in finding out how you can support the show, stick around after the show. I'm not going to bore you with all the details right now, but stick around after and I will tell you. Um, for now, the only thing that I ask is that if you will take a moment and leave a five-star review for the show, it, uh, it means a lot and it makes me feel good. All right, that's it. Easy peasy. Now stick around. For the girls of grit. Today I got with me the girls of grit. Is that a fair title? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Sure. <laughs> I like it. I think it's kind of catchy. Um, so where is everybody? Uh, calling in from today this is my first uh group call so i'm i'm pretty excited to try this out so yeah where's everybody call, calling in from i'm ac calling in from lubbock <laughs> and this is becky and i am currently calling in from my hometown heiko texas heiko is heiko the city that's famous for billy the kid yes <laughs> you love that don't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, we'll just we'll just pass on by that. So everybody, if you've been following along with the podcast, I hope you're familiar with Anna Claire. She was my sixth guest on the podcast. And it, I want to kind of <laughs> just tell this story because I think it's really neat. Like Anna Claire and I, we didn't know each other. We showed up to this uh, bikepacking trip uh, with Jared Foster and his Adventure Media Bandits. And, uh, it, we, we, that episode that we, we recorded was the second morning we were sitting in a riverbed. I had just kind of got an audio clip from Alex. No, not Alex. Yeah. Was it Alex? Yeah. Okay, good. And, uh, and so I was just getting like sound bitch, you know, and I, I didn't know a lot about you and I was like, Hey, you want to chit chat for a bit? And I was thinking like, you know, five minutes and we talked for like 30 something minutes and I was just like blown yeah. away, you know, <laughs> it was just, I, I was like, dude, I'm just going to let this girl talk, you know? So that was, that was, that was really neat. And then I was like, man, this is so good. I'm going to release it as its own episode. And I've listened to that episode at least three or four times. Not kidding. Like I, I'm a big fan of you, AC. So I'm excited for you to be Thanks, back I'm on the podcast <laughs> formally. Um, so just to kind of, because like 
that was day morning two of, of the Big Ben trip that we went on. Why don't you just like, do you have a favorite experience or a memory from that trip that you want to share? I'd be excited to hear it. Mm. Oh, not to be cliche, but like at the end, when we all were rolling back into the parking lot, seeing that transformation of all of the students from being like falling off their bike at the bottom of every downhill to like being able to ride through most of the day without crashing. Um, and like the confidence they had coming out of it, but also just like the dirt on their faces and their like expressions of joy. Like that is why I love mountain biking and getting to see that in other people and like seeing other people have those experiences where their lives are being changed because they're getting self-confidence from the sport. And they're having these like experiences that have united them with other people. Like I love that so much. And just like the emotion and the vulnerability Um, I just think it's so easy to kind of like close ourselves off. And when we're doing technical outdoor sports, especially when we're like isolated in a place like Big Bend, like that really opens you up. And yeah, that was one of my favorite memories is like seeing everyone roll in and get really sad that we had to leave, but also like seeing how happy they were that they all made it through and no one got hurt. (laughs) Too bad. No, no one got hurt too bad. Yeah. They you know were all able to ride their bikes at the end. <laughs> yeah. Your, your definition of getting hurt is a little different than everybody else's. <laughs> you have to go back and listen to Anna Claire's uh, episode. If you haven't listened to it, because she got concussed on one of her bike packing trips and I'm, we're just going to tease it and they have to go listen if they want to know what, what happened. Right. Yes. Um, yep. but that, 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 oh, see, you're so good with words, man. You should be hosting this podcast. Like that's it. Oh I, I love the way, uh, that moment was freaking awesome. You know, and I like how you were talking about, um, when you, we close ourselves off, but when you put yourself in a situation like that, we really needed to rely on each other and we needed to be yes. friends with each other and trust each other and all those things. And if we were just like all hanging out at Walmart together or whatever, I don't yeah. know why, it would just like, it wouldn't matter. You know, we just, we'd be like, Oh, look at this shirt. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, let's shift gears to Becky real quick because uh, yeah, you got your own podcast, Anna Claire, but um, Becky, I don't know a lot about you. So why don't you, I, I know you teased it a little bit, but you said, getting into mountain biking, you had like a bad experience and then it took a while to kind of overcome that. So do you want to talk about that and kind of how you got to where you are now? Yeah. Um, my first experience with mountain biking was in college and Anna Claire and I went to college together. That's how we know each other. So I went to Texas tech in Lubbock and they have like one mountain bike trail. (laughs) We were out on that and I was riding and this guy was behind me helping helping me and uh i was freaking out just like i'm going too fast what do i do for and he said stop whining and i was just like done i'm done like this sport sucks (laughs) (laughs) um so a man ruined it for you perfect (laughs) yeah i think it was just a lapse of mindfulness on his part. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't mean to. And he's still one of my good friends, actually. But fast forward 
two years and I was in grad school at the University of Arkansas. Um, and as y'all are aware, Northwest Arkansas is becoming like a Mecca for mountain biking and mountain bike tourism. And there's just these micro trails all over the city. And the two guys that I worked for would go ride on their lunch break. And so I would just take this like rental rigid steel frame mountain bike and like try to ride these jump lines with them. And they were so amazing and just being like, encouraging me to come and like actually breaking down like your body position when you're going through a berm needs to be like this which is so helpful because I think as women that's how we like to learn is like we don't want to guess like how to turn through a berm we want someone to tell us like your arm should be like this your butt should be like this your pedal should be like this Mm. and then it's like okay I can put those pieces together and I can make this happen and then grad school got super stressful and I just started riding all the time mostly gravel riding and then I was like okay I want my own mountain bike because I want to like feel good riding single track um and just to say Becky didn't just gravel ride she competed in the land run and dirty Kansas this year just throwing that out there yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Okay. Um, as I got okay, Becky. a little bit obsessed <laughs> with bicycles. That's good. Um, That's what we're here and for. And it was something, yeah, it was something that... You're in good company. It's okay. For sure. <laughs> it's a sport you can do alone. Like, yeah. you can't go rock climbing alone. You can't go whitewater kayaking alone unless you're absolutely insane. And I just started riding all the time, every day. Yeah. So how were those experiences for you, those uh, land run and the day? I mean, regardless of, you know, like where you place, but just like, how were those events for you? Um, both of them were absolutely incredible. And both of them were super hard in different ways. So land run was like maybe one of the most magical days of my life. Just like the people and the support out there are in incredible and the next time I see Bobby I want to tell him like you're the reason God made Oklahoma like (laughs) (laughs) wow that event if you're looking to like push your distance that event is amazing um I did crash at mile 26 in land run and I took about 40 minutes to recover and then got up and finished and it was hard. It was actually like every time I got off the bike, I was in a lot of pain. So I just started like pedaling. And then afterwards, it felt like I pedaled 75 miles on one leg. So what, it was totally oh, your leg was it. hurting? Like, I was going to ask what yeah. you hurt. Yeah, my left knee was like pretty messed up. Okay. But, yeah, one leg did before. Yeah. And then Dirty Kansas that event is so incredible did you did you so you you did 25 you wrecked and then you did this next 75 on like one leg so you finished that event even after wrecking all right rock on yeah good job yeah that was amazing um dirty kanza 
if you're wanting to push yourself after land run, go do Dirty Kansas. Like it's really technical. Um, it's self-supported. Thank God for the nice people who come out and refill your water bottles from like mile 70 on because it was like 93 degrees that day. Yeah. And uh, it's a different game. It's like a race. Land runs like a ride. Okay. You can race it if you want, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So every, the, the vibe at DK is more racy. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. So yeah. did, but then did, you get to the end and yeah, it's like, Oh, we're all friends. <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. I mean, even when there's some yeah. competitiveness, uh, typically once you get to the finish line, I've never had any bad experiences. I'm sure that there have been some, but you get to the finish, finish line, you have yeah. a beer and everybody's having a great time. So oh, yeah. it's always a good, good community there at the finish line. Well, that's awesome. Like, yeah, y'all both have really great stories and which, uh, which make you good candidates to be holding a women's mountain bike festival. Um, but before we get off Becky and onto the festival, you talked about your, um, uh, your schooling. Can you remind me what, uh, what, your, I don't, I never went to school. What are, what are these called? What, did, what, what program were you in? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did my master's degree in recreation and sport management. And for my thesis, I studied females perspectives on mountain biking. Right. I knew it had something to do very in line with, with what you're trying to do now with the mountain bike festival. I just couldn't remember yeah. to connect the dots. So yeah, what was that experience like for you? Like, you go to school to learn. What did, what did you learn? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and how are you going to take that forward? And what are you going to do with that? Or try to do with it? I think you learn so much more from the experience of being in grad school than you actually pick up in, like, your coursework or your research. <laughs> um, the ability to, like, look at something and break it down and begin to think like very comprehensively about it. Um, And then also like getting online and digging deep into like the research behind things. And I know it's not for everyone, but for me, it's so interesting, like how neurologically men and women are different and how that affects them when they're trying to learn a technical skill for their sport. Okay. Whether it's like rock climbing or cornering, um, something with whitewater, like how to roll a whitewater kayak. There's things that we can do. Um, the easy thing is to like separate men and women, which obviously Grit Fest is an all women event, but there's also like so much that we can do in co-ed learning situations. Um, to break down barriers for women that they might even know that they have. So for an example, like we know from research and I'm not going to be able to quote the researcher because I can't remember, but just like naturally in a co-ed learning situation, if it's a technical skill, men will situate themselves at the front of the group and women will situate themselves at the back. And so immediately there's kind of this like perception that the men are going to be better at this. Um, And 
that's one like really tiny example. And there's a million other just like small, tiny things that I like read about in my research that I'm going to apply in outdoor education situations for like the rest of my life. I mean, that honestly, it sounds like it really dovetails quite nicely into, um, just skills or knowledge that you have that would help you put on a better event specifically for women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great segue into the grit women's mountain bike festival. The two big questions are why and what? So Anna Claire, which one do you want to tackle the why or the what? And then Becky, you get why. All right, Becky, you get what? So you get the chance (laughs) to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we both felt like some of the key things that will um, equip and empower more women to get on bikes and then women who are already riding bikes to continue and like promote lifelong ridership um, is community and education. Um, And so that is like kind of the why behind the festival. Um, And so there are other festivals out there or like bike events, but, um, ours is like really keen on focusing on the community aspect so that people have people they can go ride with or people that can like, they can get in a group chat with and be like, Hey, what trails are you going to this weekend? Um, and we're hoping that these will be relationships like across the country, not just in specific areas, but also in, in local communities so that there's people that you can go ride with and get confident to get out on your bike because it is scary as a new rider to like try to go hit trails by yourself. Um, it's super intimidating. And like, I only started riding by myself on single track really recently. Cause it's like, it takes, you know, getting out there and seeing other people who are riding by themselves, um, to like be like, Oh, okay. I can do that too. Right. And so that's kind of like the goal with the community and just like, promoting relationships across skill levels. So that's why, even though we're gearing a lot towards beginner riders, um, we really want to have more advanced and intermediate riders so that there's like mentors for the new riders to learn from. Cause I yeah. think that's also really key for development as a, in any technical outdoor sport, like having a mentor or someone that you can look up to right. that is like, okay, that's achievable. I see their start point. Like, and that's where I'm at now. So, you know, trying to get to more advanced stuff. And then um, just like Becky, I think already said, like we came into mountain biking um, in college. I mean, I think I've said this already too. Like I wrote mountain biking off when I started working at the outdoor program. I was like, that's scary as shit. I am never (laughs) going to mountain bike. Um, And then I ended up going on like a training mountain biking trip. And because of that, and because the guy who was instructing it was like walking us through everything and like telling me why I should do this with my body going downhill and like how to ride. I was like, Oh wait, this is like actually achievable. I'm not just flying downhill. (laughs) And so, um, I ended up like loving it, which I never expected. And so, yeah. And then bikes just kind of became a recurring thing in my life. And I know they had in Becky's as well. And so that's kind of like the why between, what we're doing and like we just want to promote inclusivity and getting people on bikes and recognizing that women have already been riding bikes since they were invented. So we don't necessarily (laughs) need like 
more women on bikes. We just need to give them the spaces where they can develop their skills and grow as riders. That's, um, that's well so, said. Yeah. I have to interject right there because um, I recently found out um, there's, a, there's a lady called Dottie Farnsworth. Have y'all ever heard of her? No, I don't I think, think so. so. Yeah. So there, a guy just wrote a book called Women on the Move, and I highly recommend it. Um, cool. One, because Dottie Farnsworth is a relative of mine, but it talks about. I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they came over, oh gosh, 1600s, I think. My mom found out where we were connected. Um, she's into genealogy. Anyway, so. Nice. But it, what it does is it catalogs or documents. Um, the ultra endurance race that was happening or racing that was happening uh, in the late 1890s and early 1900s. And these women, so for people who don't know what it, what it was is it, it was the most popular sport in America in 1900, endurance cycling. And um, the women's part of it was the most popular. They got way far more attendance than the, than the men's did. And the numbers that they put up were just incredible. Like, so if you've ever seen like a velodrome, you know, like the, the circle track that they do mm-hmm. in the Olympics, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Like they would just go and get like scrap wood and they would make these huge elaborate tracks with the bank curves. And, but I mean, all the wood was like crappy and there was nails everywhere. And uh, <laughs> if you wrecked, it was just like gnarly. But what they would do is like ride every day for six days. And they were riding like, I can't remember. It's like a thousand miles in a week. And they were averaging like 22 miles an hour on a single speed fixie bike with like, you know, the clothes that these ladies were wearing was like the full guard. But it's a great book because not only is it talking about how important women were in uh, cycling, but how important like cycling was for the women's movement because yes they they mm. were like uh pushing the boundaries of clothing like what clothing was appropriate yeah. for what women to wear and even for women to compete in sports you know like it was the cycling was a huge platform for women to uh, start to express themselves in different ways, whether it's through clothing or um, being an athlete you know and having a a more to you than, Oh, look at me. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what it was like in 1900. I'm not going to lie, but yeah. um, just, <laughs> just, I don't know what women were thinking or what the life was like for them. But I mean, just from the book, I gathered that uh, it was a really empowering uh, thing for mm-hmm. women. And it would, you know, Dottie Farnsworth just happened to be like one of the best in the nation, at least in America. It was her and Tilly Anderson. If you've ever heard of her, it was kind of like her, mm-hmm. the top wow. two. Uh, women uh, cycling athletes at that time. So I don't remember, you said something about uh, about that, that, oh, you said women have been riding bikes for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, I just found out about that connection like uh, like a month ago. So anyway. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great book. Um, all right, sweet. So um, Becky, the what, what? Yeah. What what so, is grit and what is going to be going on when people get there? Absolutely. Grit Mountain Bike Festival is a three day event, Friday through Sunday. It is taking place in Fayetteville, Arkansas, um, at Kessler Mountain Regional Park, and it's going to be November fifteenth through the seventeenth. 
Um, it is a mountain biking festival for riders of all skill levels. It does not matter what bike you're on, if it is borrowed from a family member, if it's rented, if it's like the best new bike on the market, please come. Like, we don't care. Um, we don't care if you're riding in like a full kit or if you're riding in your workout clothes. Right. Like, we we don't care about that stuff at all. Like, <laughs> um, not even, a I'm bit. always like riding in tank tops and like denim, yeah. like <laughs> riding. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't. And, um, that, I want to just speak to that real quick because that is a yeah. huge, um, that's a huge, like, I don't even know what you want to call it, but uh, a thing that I'm trying to promote with just ride your damn bike. It doesn't matter what yeah. bike it is. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. Um, we're talking about inclusivity, right? Mm -hmm. As a cycling community, we need to be inclusive of everyone, regardless of mm -hmm. how you show up. You know, the fact that yeah, yes. we're, we're like talking crap about each other or being elitist or, you know, you got to yeah. wear this, you got to, no, that's not yeah. okay. You know? And so this is, this is a big reason why I, I love what y'all are doing and I wanted to be a part of it because that message is the same. And I also agree that, I'm, I'm probably not the best person to, um, to teach or to hold a women's mountain bike festival, right. Um, being a man, but yeah. I can support y'all because I believe in, in what y'all are doing. And I think y'all are great people to be, um, educating women on all kinds of stuff that I'm, I'm probably not the right person to do. So anyway, sorry to cut you off, but no, I, I absolutely you. love that. And I think that's super important. Yeah. So I, I kind of use, a lot of stereotypes and talking about my research because it's like a helpful tool to understand like the general population. But let me just preface that it's by no means all encompassing. Um, but I think that women, we have a tendency, I know I do to like compare myself, my rides, the trails that I'm on my bike, the shoes that I'm wearing, how I like wear my hair under my helmet, like, <laughs> All of this stuff that does not matter, but I still find myself like comparing to other women. And we, when you come to Grit Fest, I'm kind of getting more into the why than the what, but that's fine. When you come to Grit Fest, we like want to break down this like comparison game. And like, no, you don't have to be size two in spandex to ride hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just don't. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Alexandra Houchin? Or did y'all are y'all? She's tuned amazing. In her? Yeah. So she is the perfect She's example. Amazing. Of what I mean, she embodies what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Are y'all familiar with her like personal history uh, with cycling before she like got on? I'm not. Okay. Well, you y'all will love or find this interesting, maybe. So she started out. Um, overweight. Like when she graduated uh, high school, she was over 320 pounds. I think she just said she stopped getting on the scale, you know, so she doesn't know exactly what. Anyway, she dusted off an old bike and started riding. And, and then, I mean, literally just went from being obese to using a bicycle as a healthy 
uh, mechanism to get out and exercise and fell in love with it and has gone, I mean, for brevity's sake, she's gone from that to winning the Tour Divide two years in a row, doing it mm-hmm. on a single speed mountain bike, wearing street Insane. clothes, no helmet, <laughs> yeah. with still toed hiking boots, you know, like, yeah, she is. And I have to say also, I think this is interesting. Like my two top episodes in terms of like downloads and like listeners um, has been two women, uh, Lael and Alexandra, you know? Yeah. So I, I mean, those are two great examples that you can like look to in, in, in women's sport. Absolutely. And I think they're both like really great ambassadors for women and for mountain biking and bikepacking yes. and all that. I mean, they are yeah. just, anyway. Yeah. And I love that Alexandra, everyone like always talks about her boots, which is so awesome. Like you don't have to clip in if you don't want to. Right. (laughs) I didn't clip in for Land Run or Dirty Kanza. Regretted it on Dirty Kanza, I will admit. But anyways, I love that she always has like a speaker clip to her like tank top sports bra straps. Yep. Because I feel like so many people would look at that and be like, why are you riding with that like speaker clip to you? But like, if that's what you want to do, do it. Like, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I love it too. Yeah. To speak to kind of like what Becky was saying about comparison, I think it comes down to like this fear that we're not a cyclist enough and that we don't look like a cyclist or ride like a real cyclist. And so that imposter syndrome kind of sits in or sets in where it's like, well, like, I don't look like her. Or I don't look like him when I ride. So I'm not actually a mountain biker. And you see this, especially with women across all technical sports. But, um, I think like this fear, like you're, there's like some threshold you have to hit to become like an actual cyclist and call yourself that. But if you have a bike and you ride it, you're a cyclist. <laughs> and yeah. so we really want to like help people actually believe that and embody that. Um, because yeah, I mean, I know I still struggle with it sometimes of like, am I actually a mountain biker? Because it's just so easy to see other people that are doing so much more or competing at a higher level and think, Oh, if I get that, then I'm a mountain biker. And that's just not the case. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you need to appreciate where you're at. And it's like we said earlier, everybody starts somewhere. We're all on a journey Mm -hmm. and we'll get wherever we're going whenever we get there. But the important thing is that you're, you have your bike and you're having fun. Whatever yeah. that means to you, that's it. You know, like you're mm-hmm. part of the cycling community. You're you're on your bike. You're having a good time. You're totally. a cyclist. You know, that, yeah. that's all it takes. So um, I've like toyed around with having like a bikes or death uh, bikepacking trip or some kind of event. Mm-hmm. And like the the nagging fear in the back of my mind is like, no one will show up. You know, it's like you throw a party and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the only one there, you got your yep. lemonade and your cookies and like, no one shows yeah. up. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Drinking by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do y'all have any fears about that or has it been like super well received and what's it kind of been like for y'all on that side? Oh, yeah. uh, I guess I do I have to pick somebody. you want to take that one Becky since I just totally um yeah so worst case scenario is it's November 14th and we haven't sold one ticket um to grit festival but some a piece of advice that someone gave me like months ago before we like put this idea out to the public was like if 10 women show up you have grit festival 
And you call it Grit Festival. Yeah. And it's that is year one. So I was like, okay, like if 10 women show up, I'm going to hug them and give them a drink and food and we're going to ride together and get a lot of in-depth skills work. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be great for the people, the 10 people who show up. They're going to get like yeah. all of your time and attention. So, <laughs> talk about, yeah. Anyway. And they're going to get coaches with certifications. And um, if 150 women show up, that's the number of tickets we're releasing. Okay, good. They can expect... Um, well, and it doesn't have to be 150. <laughs> so our programming will include like a keynote speaker, um, group rides, beginner, intermediate and advanced skills clinics, um, which is like two hours of like, let's break this down piece by piece. And then let's go on a short ride and put it into practice. Um, of course, like mocktail and cocktail hours because it's a festival. Meals. Um, we are hosting a gear swap because especially if you're getting into this sport, it can be really financially intensive to get everything that you need. So <clears throat> I know like... No, say I want. It's not a need. Yeah. If we're going True. back to the 1900s and you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Anna Claire and I saw all these like beginner bike packers just strapping stuff on like anywhere. Yeah. So again, totally. you know, run what you're wrong. It doesn't matter. But exactly. I, get, I get what you're saying, but it's, it's, it's not yeah. a need. You don't have to have, yeah. just strap it on, put it in your Jansport backpack, go ride your bike. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But a gear swap where people can exchange, use gear, what else am I forgetting, AC? Yeah, well, uh, we that was are our, actually yeah. partnering up with a fun race that's happening. Yeah. Uh, and so there's going to be an opportunity to get a discounted entrance into that race. It's Beast of Burden. And, um, and there's also going to be like a hangout area where if you don't want to race, but this will be great for beginners, honestly, like to see kind of what that atmosphere is like. Mm -hmm. There'll be like a drink and meal area where they can like hang out and cheer on people. But we're really hoping to see a lot of all female teams take on the mountain and go ride together and compete in the race. So that'll be Saturday night. What is that race? I'm not familiar with that one. Is it like cross country or endurance race or? It's, um, it's like, uh, I think the race is five hours and it's like, how many laps can your yeah. team oh, yeah. do on Kessler mountain? Um, and there's relay style, like teams of four, teams of two, or you can ride solo and it's hosted by the Ozark off-road cyclists, which is a local nonprofit that does like tons of volunteer organization and trail maintenance. Um, and so this race is funding their Kessler campaign and they're just trying to upkeep and add more trails to Kessler mountain and add in some like rock armory and spots that get really sloshy in the winter and things like that. Yeah. That's actually a great event for, um, mm -hmm. for, for your festival, because like you could do one lap or you could do 10 laps, you know, like it's, exactly. so it really appeals to, and like you said, it, you're going to get to see the people coming in on the lap. So you get to like 
see it more than just like the start of the right. finish. You kind of see people exactly. coming through. You see that people are struggling and people are hurt or, you know what, like, you know, yeah. you just get to experience yeah. it all, which is a great, um, th- th- that's a great, uh, yeah, just event to be going on at the same time. So talk about um, a little bit about Kessler Mountain. I've heard about it. I've never been there, but in terms of like, is this a camping festival? Is there cabins? Like what, what are people going to expect whenever they, they get there, I guess? Yeah. Um, Kessler Mountain is south of Fayetteville and it's, it's like a municipal city park. So there's like baseball fields and soccer fields. Um, but then there's like this mountain behind the park and it's covered in mountain bike trails. Um, so we are working on getting camping approved at the park. I don't want to say like 100% for fact, but it's looking like we're going to be able to make it happen. Um, Is that through the city? Yes. Okay. So we all need to petition the city. <laughs> well, we need to march in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like complicated and Okay. I won't bore you with it, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually going to hop on the phone with a landowner today to see if we can get a piece of land designated for camping. So, so, so the accommodations are a little bit up in the air right now in terms of like where, yes. where you're actually going to be sleeping. Is it, is it, yeah. I mean, is your idea that it's going to be like a camping festival? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Free yeah. camping. Yeah. I think that's the important part is like, yeah, yeah. T- you need to come like ready to camp, like with your own gear. Will you have, yeah. like, how, what does that look like? Yeah. It'll be like, bring your own camping stuff. Okay. And of course, if like you don't want to camp, there's no, Oh yeah. Yeah. No one's going to be like, Oh, she's not camping. <laughs> 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 get Airbnb. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. So uh, are y'all going to provide like a, a gear or a camping list of like what you should bring? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, just yeah. kind of we'll the have all kinds of like what you need to know before you come. Yeah. yeah. And we're actually going to create like an online community through a Facebook group where mm-hmm. women can talk to each other, carpool. If they want to do like a ride to the festival, it's a great way to like communicate with other women about it. Um, talk about gear, maybe team up and share a tent, stuff right. like that. So we're trying to connect people to each other so they can like start building that community even before they get to the fest. You know, that reminds me of what I was actually trying to remember earlier talking about that online community because like, you know, well, at least where I live, um, bike packing and ultra endurance, like a, a lot of this stuff is not super common. And I hopped on to social media as a way to, to reach out to people. And I, I got on Instagram and just was like, Oh, what is that? And where were you? And I mean, just like basic information, mm-hmm. but like as a resource, and that's one neat thing about the time period we live in is like, yeah, like, you might not be in the same community, but there you can create a good online community mm-hmm. and you can like really help each other figure whatever. I mean, whatever it is, well, you know, if whether you're camping or fixing your bike or, you know, going on a trip or whatever it is, I mean, it really is a great resource uh, for people. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's how this whole podcast started. It was just like coffee on Instagram to kind of connect with other, other people, because I, I live yeah. in a smallish town where there, there weren't a lot of people doing what I want to do. And there's a great online community that you can reach out to. So why not take advantage of that? You know? Totally. Yeah. 
So are, are y'all both going to be presenting at the, what, like, what are y'all going to be doing at the festival? You're just going to be running it. Yeah. The boring stuff, like making sure the food gets set out and yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get on some of the group rides if we can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, oh, I was going to say that we are looking for folks who want to come in and do workshop and clinics at the festival. Um, and this is probably like the most creative piece of the festival is that like, we'll give you like 45 minutes in a space outside with some chairs and you can talk about whatever you're passionate about. If it's like bike maintenance, that's awesome. If it's DIY projects with old bike parts, that's awesome. If it's like, this is my favorite cocktail to make on a bike packing trip, <laughs> like that's awesome. Um, and so there's actually a spot on our website. Just go to the collaborate tab and then you can submit a proposal for a workshop or a clinic. Um, what is your website? Some, Why don't you throw out the website address too? It is gritfestival.com. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and is it the same on Instagram and Facebook, Grit, Grit Festival? It's Grit um, MTB yeah. Festival. Yeah. Grit MTB Festival. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. cool. So that's obviously like where you go to get get all the details, the 411. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, so what else are y'all needing right now? Like you need sponsors, you need participants. Like what are we pushing for right now? Let's get some people. Let's get the bikes or yeah. death people supporting <laughs> yeah. you guys. So we're looking for sponsors. Um, we still have a few spots available. So if that's something where someone's interested in, we have different levels that people can sponsor at with different things included. Um, we also are looking for vendors. So if you want to come be at the festival, set up a booth, talk to people, that's a great way to do that. Um, and then for participants, um, yeah, we just like would love more people to join our community. We are going to start selling some awesome limited edition posters soon that one of our friends created. Um, so that's a way to support us if you want to, because she's donating all of the profits to us so we can really make a great experience for everyone at our festival. Um, and we also have a mailing list. So if you're like me and are worried that you're just going to like forget to check in on August 19th, whenever we release tickets, just go to our website and it should pop up immediately and like ask you to sign or ask if you want to sign up for our mailing list. And if you do that, we will remind you when tickets are on sale. (laughs) (laughs) I did sign up. I signed up for your mailing list. I have a question though. Just feedback, like I signed up and then every single time I go to your website, it still tells me or asks me to sign up. Interesting. Fix that AC. (laughs) Okay. I don't know how to code. I just use whatever Squarespace has. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Fine. I know what it's like to be like, I mean, you you guys are like, (laughs) yeah, wear all the hats. I'm like, you guys aren't getting paid for this. I mean, maybe you might make like two cents or something, but probably not. (laughs) We just do this because we love riding bikes and we want to help grow the culture. And, and hopefully like, I think we're on the same page. We want to shape a bike culture that is more inclusive and 
more just about riding bikes and getting together and, and having a good time. You know, I mean, the more people that Absolutely. are on bikes, the better it is for everybody who rides a bike, you know, and it's, yeah, it's something I mean, totally. like if you want to take it further and take it like a globally, um, it's, it's a better way to commute. It's a better way to experience the world. I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't have to tell y'all, it's just better. Bikes yeah, are better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Absolutely. What? And I think, yeah. I was just going to say that for women and I'm sure, I'm sure this is the same for men. I just don't know. Cause I didn't study men, but when you become confident on a mountain bike, that confidence translates to like every part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could, yeah. From a man's perspective. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's just humans, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it there is, I think for me, like there is nothing more empowering than, I mean, I know y'all are doing a mountain bike festival and I actually want to, let's talk about that in just like a mountain bike and, and what other, like if you're going to be doing bike packing and that kind of stuff too. But for me, like knowing that I can put everything on my bike and, mm-hmm. you know, create a route and go to a destination, go out in the wilderness, survive, thrive, genuinely enjoy my experience and then, and then ride my bike home like that is a extremely empowering yeah. feeling. Like the, the fact that I can sit here right now in my house with the AC going and I got a refrigerator with food. I mean, like these are all nice luxuries and I really enjoy them, but I also realize I'm capable of living a life without them and it's completely fine. So yeah, that's a really empowering feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I meant to ask all about that. Like it's a mountain bike festival, but I'm getting the sense that there's a little bit more than just mountain biking. Is that true or? For sure. Yeah. So we'll be doing programming, like bike packing, basic stuff like that, where people can learn about the other avenues they can go with cycling. Um, we're mountain bike centric because that is like the space that we're going to be in it's mountain bike trails, but right. there's also an insane greenway in mm-hmm. Fayville. I don't know if you've been able to ride it at have, all, but it's yeah. awesome. 43 yeah, miles it's beautiful. from uh, yeah. Bella Vista down to Fayetteville. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so um, we'll have group rides that are, you know, like on the greenway or doing more with bike packing. Um, but yeah, mostly it's just like trying to get people on their bikes in any way they want to. And since mountain biking is the more technical of those things, that's kind of like what we're focusing on. But it's like, whatever you want to ride, like we want to support you in that. So, well, mountain biking is a really great segue into almost all aspects of the sport. You know, it gets you, it gets you into the wilderness, um, but you're usually close to civilization. And it's usually Mm -hmm. like just where people start, you know, you can start, start there. And like, if you can mountain bike and you have those technical capabilities, then, you know, gravel riding or loading up your bike Mm -hmm. and going for a ride is is not going to be that much more of a challenge, you know, like in terms of a technical aspect. So it makes, it makes sense um, yeah. in that way too. Yeah. So what happens if a guy shows up? What are you going to do? Run him out of town? <laughs> like as a participant? Yeah. I mean, it's a fun question. So I, don't take it too serious. Actually, yeah, I've had this conversation before with like women's programming. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of men's specific hmm. cycling programming for beginners. Hmm. Like yeah. 
if a man wants to learn to mountain bike, where does he go? Yeah. There's not like men's beginner skills clinics. And it's way less, at least, um, well, okay. I'm speaking from my experience in Fayetteville, Arkansas and Bentonville, Arkansas, where cycling programming is endless, but, um, I can, I can find a women's skills clinic at least once a month, but I don't know about for men. It is interesting. Like, I think you're right. I remember showing up to some social rides, like, you know, when I was first kind of like getting hardcore into mountain biking and just like being, I don't know, I was slow, you know, like I was just like, holy crap. I was like, this is where everybody's at. And I'm like way back here, you know, is it, I mean, I guess my point is that it was intimidating for me. I was used to riding alone. I did a lot of solo Mm -hmm. riding and just kind of, I didn't know if I was fast or slow or anything. And then I show up to some group rides and I'm just getting like blown away. I'm like, Oh wow. But you're right. I never really thought about it. There's not like Mm -hmm. a, my my beginner mm-hmm. mountain bike clinic was in my backyard learning to do wheelies and stoppies and stuff in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I and, taught myself. Yeah. I think um, to kind of like expand on that in a little bit more of like our future goals, like we don't want our festival to be necessary as like a women's only festival years from now. Like mm. we hope to change the culture of the cycling industry enough that all spaces are inclusive of all types of beginner riders of all levels of riders so that you can have a co-ed experience where there's not that weird dichotomy of all the women choose to go in the back because they've been socially conditioned that they're not a good enough athlete to be at the front. Um, And so like that is our goal is that eventually the conversation will not even be about how do women need to learn on their own in these spaces because they'll have the self-efficacy from years of being socially conditioned that they can do these things rather than the opposite. Um, And so that's kind of like our big goal is like, we're not trying to like be like dudes go away because co-ed learning isn't cool. That's not (laughs) the point at all. The point is that women are years, sometimes decades behind men in technical sports because they haven't had mentors. They haven't been, um, given access or they've had bad experiences that have made them choose not to be in these spaces. And we want to like remove all of that and give them the, um, the power that already exists within them, but like show that to them so they can go into their spaces and teach young girls. I mean, that's the thing that's been crazy for me and Becky is like, we've had really young girls have show tons of interest in our festival. Um, and so like girls want to, to do these sports. They're just not always getting the access or the ability to, um, in their hometowns or yeah. whatever. So the right that's environment. Kind of the yeah. All it takes right. is the, yeah, right, exactly. the right environment. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're already nervous, you know, going into something or feel like you don't belong and then you have a bad experience, which I think Becky, your experience speaks to that a little bit. And I've seen that in my own writership, like that can scare you off from doing it at all. Cause it's just like, it affirms what you already feel like, yeah. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, that guy just took my bike out of my hands when I was fixing it. Yeah. I'm not a real cyclist. Okay. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. You know? And so we want to provide like a safe space where 
everyone feels confident to be there and mess up and fail and know that that's just a part of the process. But if a dude comes, like, I don't think we're going to kick him out. <laughs> they just got to be down with the culture. That's the big Sweet. thing. I'm coming. Yeah. I'm there. <laughs> I'll consider that an invitation. No, yeah. uh, I, I really, um, I think it's important what you're doing. And I'm really, really glad you said that AC, because it was actually on my uh, list of questions. It's like, not to be controversial, but we're talking about inclusivity and not being elitist, but you're having a women's only mountain bike festival. And yep. so like, there's a little bit of a dichotomy there, but like where you're going with it makes a lot of sense. And, and I agree there needs to be a, a safe space, just a comfortable space, like a comfortable space where women can go and not feel intimidated. And I don't, yeah. like I said, I don't think I'm the right guy. Like I've, I think I said this on our episode, uh, AC, maybe it was you were talking about mansplaining, you know, where you're always getting yes. guys like that want to <laughs> mansplain everything. And it's just annoying, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's condescending and it's annoying. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's, it's fine, but you know what I'm saying? Like, so I really, um, I think it's important, but I really like that. Yeah. You give them a, a comfortable space and you, you help build them up, you give them the skills, and then you create that culture to where we can all kind of co-mingle and we're all on equal playing fields and we all feel comfortable to be there. And Exactly. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Cause like in conversations, like anecdotally that I've had with new writers, specifically through the adventure media program and in interviews I've done with women um, through that, a lot of the like things I keep hearing them say is like, when I go on group rides and I'm the only woman, like I don't push myself as hard because I don't want to fail because if I fail, I fail for all women. Oh, and wow. it proves to the guys like, yeah, women can't keep up. And every female cyclist I've ever talked to has expressed that feeling <sighs> of when you're the only woman in a group ride, if you fail, you fail for all women and wow, that's, perpetuate that's that narrative. Yeah. And it's heavy. Um, and so that's why we believe in all women events because it takes that away. There's no pressure. You can fail. And there's like so much research that proves that this is true and that this is a way for women to learn to remove that fear of failure. Um, because it's so hard to grow your technical skills if you're scared of failing, you know? Yeah. And so we want to like provide a space where people can fail and know that that's just like a part of the process. Yeah. So y'all have such great insights. Like this is where I say that I'm not capable just because I didn't grow up as, as a woman. It's, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. Like y'all have perspectives and insights that I'm just, I'm not even aware of. Like you're blowing my mind. Like I feel bad that I do. I feel, I mean, I feel bad that uh, women are, are feeling that pressure, you know, to, to go out and, and be yeah. awesome or, or whatever. Like it, it really shouldn't be like that. Like you should be, yeah. feel like you can go and participate and enjoy. And that if you do fall that everyone will just pick you up and we'll just yeah. ride on, you know, like it's, we, we yeah. all fall. This is not, you know, yeah. we're mountain biking or, yeah. you know, like accidents yeah. are going to happen, you know? I mean, that big yeah. trip was a, a great example. I mean, with, um, yeah. Cody falling what 44 times and, Yes. I mean, okay. Two women, Macy and Cody from that trip. I mean, Macy endowed, bit through her lip and you were right there. Like she was smiling, you know, she was yeah. a total yeah. warrior and Cody too. Like 
was it 44 times that she fell? Is yes. That, yeah, 44. Yeah. And like legit, like we, we have film, we have pictures, like we, we documented, I didn't personally, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was eating shit and like just got up and kept going. So, and those are two, Cody learned how to ride a mountain bike just to go on that trip. Yeah. And learned how to ride a bike. She bike. had never like even ridden a bike before that Period. class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crazy. And then you have Macy, who um, also is not like super. Do you know her background with cycling before she and and bike packing? Yeah, yeah. She I don't did remember, like so. triathlons, like fun triathlon competitions, and that was like her only biking experience. Okay, but never mountain biking, from what I understand. But yeah, she used a full on backpacking backpack to yeah. hold her stuff on our bike packing trip. And a lot of stuff. She was that's amazing. That takes grit. Her backpack went above her head, you know, like whenever you're talking about those big expedition backpacks, like she was rock. And like, so she went down this uh, (laughs) descent and wrote it like a cowgirl all the way. She was just like, yeah, you know, like, and then ate shit at the end and bit through her lip. Um, But I learned, I learned so much and I realized, um, yeah, I just learned so much from that trip, both from like, a lack of opportunities for women to feel comfortable and, mm-hmm. and you know, lack of opportunities to have those experiences. Um, but then I also learned how capable, not that I really had any doubts, but like those were really great examples of like absolute badasses, you know, male or female doesn't matter. Like everyone on that trip was, was, did it, did it just an unbelievable mm-hmm. job, you know? And that was, that was a great example of like, men and women coming together and everybody, yeah. I don't know what you saw, but what I saw was a, a really nice inclusive ride that everybody. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. That was fun. Can I say something real quick? Please. Okay. Uh, I so, talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this is all so good and I can talk forever, but so Anna, Claire and I, we're just two women cyclists and there's so many more women out there with experiences who are different than ours. And like truly like, I will admit this, like I am a single woman, middle-class educated cisgender. I don't have pets. I don't have like children, nothing. And so like the barriers of entry for me and to mountain biking are very low compared to so many other women in this country and in this world. And truly like if there is something that you're passionate about, like please reach out to us and collaborate with us. If you're like, I want to be there and contribute, but I can't afford to, or like, please just reach out. Like we want to elevate other women and other women's experiences. And I mean, uh, we, we can't do this all based on our own experiences because we'll leave out a bunch of women. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we, you can't exist in a vacuum, you know, you need, mm-hmm. you need community to create community. Right. So like, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you need all that diversity. You need different people with different experiences and, mm-hmm. and, 
what was I going to say? Yeah, experiences and uh, what's that word? Yeah, different experiences and other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> different backgrounds, it, like different you know, perspectives, yeah. different frameworks, like everything, that. everyone. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies. Uh, well, we. If anyone wants to follow Grit, y'all are on Instagram and Facebook, and you got your website mm-hmm. all at the website is gritfestival.com mm-hmm. and Instagram and Facebook is Grit MTB Fest. Festival. Festival. But if you can just get to our website, it has links to our Facebook and Instagram on it. Perfect. What if people want to follow y'all individually? How can people follow y'all? If they want to learn more about you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You can follow me at Anna Claire Beasley on Instagram. And my Instagram is Bianchi underscore babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you search my name, which is Becky spelled with an IE, Irvin, I should pop up. All right. Sounds good. Well, my toddler in the background is telling me that it's time to go. But again, <laughs> uh, I really appreciate everything y'all are doing. I think it's super awesome. And I'm really uh, honored to be just associated with y'all to be sponsoring y'all and to helping it. I mean, we're all trying to do the same thing and I I appreciate the opportunity to have y'all on the show and to talk about it. And I hope it's a great success. Well, we appreciate you. My dog is knocking down my computer. This is all going very well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I'm a professional. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for having us. It's awesome to get to talk about it. I mean, we kind Absolutely. of love it, so we're excited that you love it too. <laughs> I do. Yeah. All right, thank you, ladies. Sweet. Thanks, Patrick. Hey, 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 thank you for sticking around. Now it's time to partay. All right. So um, a lot has happened lately. Um, in the last, gosh, two weeks, I've had three different individuals reach out to me um just out of the kindness of their heart uh, to help with the show. Um, We got Sean in New Zealand who reached out first, who's going to be helping me with like the merchandise and like branding side of Bikes or Death. Um, My buddy Ryan, he approached me about helping with uh, with interviews. Um, I get a lot of interview requests and recommendations and uh, to be honest, it's, I mean, it's great. It's wonderful. I, I want that. I want to, I want to know who all is out there, but the problem is, is that I'm getting so many that I'm just, I'm not able to keep track of them. I mean, uh, I'm getting, you know, multiple, multiple a day. And so anyway, he is going to help me out and kind of get, just get organized, you know, uh, figure out who jives with the bikes or death brand, uh, and, and what we're really promoting, so in that vein, I've created a new email address. So if you have uh, any suggestions about the show, um, not just guests, but I mean, if you have any suggestions about the show, uh, comments, um, if you do have a guest that you would recommend that you think would be great, or if you're interested in being on the show, um, you can send an email to info at bikesordeath.com. And uh, that's just going to be the best way for me to be able to keep it organized. And, uh, and that way I'm not losing people. Losing people is not good, and that's not what I want to do. So, so info at bikes, 
at bikesordeath.com. And then lastly, we have Alyssa from California who reached out to me just a few days ago and um, offered her support kind of on the website and technical side um, of Bikes or Death. That's her specialty. And she has already, we've had a great conversation. She's already put together some great ideas that we're working on. And so I just have to publicly thank them. I mean, it is truly um, humbling that people are willing to donate their time and their talents to something that I'm passionate about and I care about. And, you know, with their support, I feel like we're going to really be able to take Bikes or Death to the next level. Um, we have we have a lot of great ideas that we're percolating behind the scenes, and we're going to start conference calling on a semi-regular basis, just kicking around ideas and, and uh, kind of figuring out what the next step is, you know. I definitely want to grow the show. I've, I don't think I've made that a secret, but I'm not looking to grow it at the expense of quality. Um, so... You know, at this point, I think we have a great thing. I love what we have. I love this community. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the podcast. Uh, I'm enjoying doing it. I'm enjoying meeting all the people. Um, so now it's just a matter of figuring out, like, what you know, what's that next step? Uh, what's it going to look like? What is the future of Bikes or Death? And so with their support, I feel like we're going to really be able to start taking it to the next level. And I don't know what that next level is, but I'm excited to find out and I'm really excited to have their help. So thank you uh, guys and and girl. Um, It really is humbling and I'm genuinely grateful to each of you. All right, so that's how they are supporting the show. If you are wanting to support the show and you feel like they do and this is this is a worthwhile cause this is a community you believe in this is a uh, a product uh, that you believe in that you think is doing good in the world that is providing value in your life in some way if it's uh you know giving you information or inspiration or education or whatever it is that you're getting out of this show um please consider a donation of some kind uh, I've tried to make it easy, so there's a lot of ways that you can support the show. Um, and a great resource is bikesordeath.com. And I can tell you that's one area that we're really going to be focusing on to make the website better. Um, ideally, what I'd like to do is just come on you know, the podcast and say, hey, if you want to support the show, go to bikesordeath.com and everything you need is right there. But um, until then, you know, you have to listen to me rattle it off every single time. So when you're on bikesordeath.com, you can find my Amazon affiliate link. Uh, if you click that link and then you bookmark it, you use it every time you shop on Amazon, I'm going to get a little cut. It doesn't cost you anything. And it's a super easy way to uh, put a little bit of money in my pocket and support the show. So far, it's been fun to kind of update. Let's see where we're at right now. All right, we are up to $47.12 on Amazon, 31 orders. So, I mean, it works. Just, uh, yeah, you just use it every time you shop. A little bit of chunk goes my way. I appreciate that. And then uh, you will also find there a link to my Patreon account. Um, or you can just go directly there. It's patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. And we are up to 89 patrons uh, and, and a total pledge of $298 a month, which is freaking awesome. You know, I have a feeling probably people 
uh, go and, and look at, you know, 289 or $298. And they're like, man, that's pretty good. He doesn't need any more money, but consider the fact that it takes me about 35 hours on average to produce every single show. And I'm trying to do one a week and it's a lot of time. So, um, I don't want to do the math real quick on, uh, what that is per hour, but it's not a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> really with Patreon, I, I don't expect people to give like a bunch of money every month, but you know, if you could do like a dollar a month, it would go a long way. There's probably, uh, you know, there's around three, 4,000 listeners, uh, like consistently of the show. Uh, so, I mean, you can imagine if it's not rocket science, I mean, $1 from every person, you're looking at three or $4,000 a month. Now we're talking about a pretty good little chunk of change that really starts to value the amount of time that it takes to produce one of these shows. So um, anyway, you know, don't feel weird. One dollar. One dollar is a great start with a dollar. Start with a dollar and then work your way up from there. You know, if it feels good, if you're feeling if you give a dollar every month and you're like, oh, man, I don't even I don't even miss that dollar. I didn't even know it was gone. Maybe I want to give two. Maybe if I give two dollars and I won't miss it. You never know. I'm just saying play around with it. But start with a dollar. It's a great place to start. And it really does go to uh, support the show. I'm actually recording the show with new equipment that was purchased with Patreon money. So thank you. All right, and another really groovy way to support the show is uh, head over to the store at bikesordeath.com and you'll see all of the merchandise that we have for sale. Um, it might be a little bit pricier than maybe it should be, but uh, consider it a donation to the show. The pro- proceeds go to Bikes or Death and it makes you look cool with all your friends. And that's what I'm really into, looking cool. I wanna look super cool and I want you to look cool too. While we're talking about merchandise, uh, we just had a uh, Instagram poll for what y'all wanted more. So we're looking to launch our first apparel line, and it's a competition between hats and shirts. And I have to tell you that shirts was the winner. It was like 67% to 33%. So about two out of three people want shirts more. So we are now working on shirts. The next step is gonna be, which logo do you want on there? We currently have three designs that we're working with uh, on the Bikes or Death brand. And so we're gonna put together a, uh, a poll on that. So if you wanna vote on which design you think will make the best shirt, um, I'm going to be posting that on Facebook and Instagram stories here in the next uh, little bit. Sean is working on uh, drafting up some images that I can use, some examples um, that I can use in the promo. And uh, yeah, we're going to get that going. So as soon as we figure out, um, we know it's going to be shirts. What design do you guys want? Which one is the coolest? And that's what we're going to order. And we're going to just start there and kind of grow it from there. But um, the idea is to grow it. So we want to use all of these designs. We want to, you know, we've talked about everything from uh, clothing to flask. That's what I want. I want a flask. I want a nice eight ounce stainless steel flask with the etched logo in there i think it'd be really neat so that's on my bucket list um if y'all have something that you really think would be cool maybe outside the box uh shoot that over to me uh let me know what you're thinking and i will forward that on to sean and we can uh we can kick that idea around as well so 
And the last way that you can support the show that nobody's taken me up on yet is the Bikes for Death real estate referral program. I'm shocked. This is such a great way to support the show. Uh, so it, it's kind of crazy, but I'm a real estate agent and uh, real estate referrals are a common practice in my business. I actually just did one yesterday. Um, not for someone, uh, uh, not one of the Bikes for Death listeners, but just in my business. Um, if you're looking to buy or sell a house and you live anywhere on planet Earth, then shoot me an email, bikes at bikesordeath.com, and let's talk about it. Okay, that's about it. Uh, that's all I have for y'all today. Again, I am continually blown away by all the support. Um, I'm getting support uh, from so many people in so many ways, merchandise sales, Patreon, the Amazon affiliate link, and people who are just volunteering their time and their talents through you know, designs for the brand and helping actually produce the show and everything else. Um, it's, been, it's been awesome, and it's really what I wanted whenever I started this podcast. Um, it's so much more meaningful that the people who listen to and enjoy this show are the ones that are making it happen through whatever way they feel like they can and make sense for them in their lives. So, you know, go us. Let's do the damn thing, all right? That's it for me. Until next week, go ride your damn bike. <laughs>